Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post-Dispatch, joined by Tom Timmerman and Jim Thomas, our intrepid beat reporters on the eve of uh, training camp for our heroes. Uh, optimism in the air. And we'll start off, JT, with uh, Robert Thomas in the fold. I think an interesting contract, a couple years, some security for Robert, but also a challenge to, uh, to do a heck of a lot more, which he certainly has the potential to do. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he hasn't uh, reached his potential yet. I, I don't even think close to it. You know, he had a good 1920 season, but regressed last year. I think he might have even uh, earned an F on the uh, Jeff Gordon season-ending uh, uh, report card. And uh, so, yeah, he's got some work to do. I found it very interesting that it's the exact same amount of money as Jordan Cairo got. Now, these two guys both came in at the same time, both – highly touted junior players. And, and uh, I think you could make the case that Cairo passed uh, Thomas last year. It was a breakout season for, uh, for Cairo. And uh, you just wonder if you're Robert Thomas, if you're Robert Thomas's agent, if you're saying, no, we're, we're, we're not making less on this contract than Jordan Cairo. I wonder if that was a sticking point. And in the end, he gets paid the same amount. And uh, I guess we all live happily ever after. They, they went with a two-year deal. They could have gone longer, seeing if they could have gone into Thomas's uh, UFA years, but they, they stopped short of that. So this is kind of a um, show your stuff uh, deal. You got two years and, you know, they still will have the rights to him when this contract runs out. He'll still be a restricted free agent. He'll have arbitration rights, but uh, he'll still be there. So, um, yeah, this is a chance for Thomas uh, in the next two years to, to, to prove something, I was not as down on him last year as, as you two apparently were. But, uh, you know, Jordan Cairo, way more exciting. We got to say that. Cairo's, you know, what he does out there gets your attention. Um, he used to play defense a lot better. Tom is a much better defensive player than Cairo. Yeah, I was a little tough on Robert. You know, just all, the, all across the board, he just needed, to me, just needed to make more happen. Uh, whether it's shooting or, or or being a bit more physical or you know taking away uh, suppressing shots, I mean, but I mean the guy the guy the, the the talent is undeniable, JT, and I think a lot of teams around the league were kind of sniffing the trails, thinking, you know, are the are the Blues going to give up on this guy? Are the Blues frustrated with this guy? I think there were some trade inquiries, but I don't think it ever got to the point where anybody wanted to make an offer sheet because that I know some folks in Calgary where uh, some fans up there were wondering about maybe trying to get in and, you know, give them four mil a year and thinking the blues wouldn't match it, which I think they would, but uh, an interesting guy, I think around the league, I think the, a lot of people view him the way Tom does. There's, there's a, there's a real asset there and that's just waiting to happen. Well, a couple of frustrating things. Uh, everyone's mentioned it, including Tom, <laughs> somewhat uh, beleaguered Tom, <laughs> as early as the days in the locker room. Robert, you need to shoot the puck more. And he still doesn't. Now, what, last year was his third year in the league, right? Am I wrong? Yep. And he still doesn't. So he needs to do that because teams are kind of laying off him now. They know he's the kind of a pass-first guy to the extreme. The other thing, and this is why I guess on the spectrum, I'm more towards Jeff. I don't know if I'd have given him enough, but I, maybe a D, because I thought he regressed in terms of his puck management puck possession, being harder on the puck. Uh, I thought he really improved uh, in that area in 1920, and, and, and it wasn't quite uh, uh, the same last year. So, yeah, th this is uh, 
Uh, this is a big year for Thomas. One thing he's got to get better at is, is face-offs. Until he is better at those, he will, he'll not be a true two-way center. They, the Blues are very reluctant to start him in the defensive end, and he's not going to be on the ice at the end of games um, because uh, his risk of losing a face-off is too high. And when you're protecting a one-goal lead, if you've got a, a play starting in your own end, you, you want to get that puck. So his face-off numbers are not good, and he, if he's going to become – really a top two center, he's got to get better at that so they can put him out there in any situation and be comfortable with him. Yeah, the Blues kind of bought him a year to work on that by bringing back Tyler Bozak, who can take some of those draws, uh, really give Ryan O'Reilly a hand uh, in um, creating opportunities for the Blues in their own zone to key face-offs, power play, key situations where he's a, he gives them a second really good option. And Braden Shen got better, but I uh, guess yeah, so Robert definitely – has to get better. I want to talk a little bit about a couple guys in on a tryout. Um, both guys are interesting. Both guys well past their prime. James Neal, a former, uh, you know, regular 20 goal scorer, a finisher around the net, uh, power play asset, once upon a time scored 40 back in the day when he had tremendous line mates. Um, maybe has a little bit left, maybe not. Michael Froelich, a penalty killer, a long run of consistent play two-way play but again he too has passed his prime and didn't play much last year from in montreal uh jt your thought i mean is this i, I look at one thing i look at maybe james neal is, is there a chance to maybe light the uh zach sanford fire a bit there you know and i here's what i'm thinking you know they're gonna if they look to if they're gonna keep 91 they need, need cap space i think sanford's got he's got a circle around him he's got to do more and maybe uh uh neal at 750 could uh, could replace Sanford if, if push came to shove. Well, uh, a couple things here. Uh, uh, one, I think there's a lot more of these veterans without jobs that are that are signing these PTO deals now uh, around the league as camp starts because of the cap. You looked at the uh, the UFAs that were still out there, and it was definitely an old man's club in the league. It was, it was all thirty over guys. And and the other thing, you know, the Blues have lost Hoffman. They've lost Schwartz. They've lost Dunn. So Hoffman, easily their top power play guy. Schwartz was an effective power play guy, although uh, ideally he played more in the second union. And, and Dunn, uh, really for the last couple of years, had been your quarterback uh, of the number two unit and occasionally jumping up on the first. So yeah, you probably could use some help on, on the power play. So, yeah, do, do these guys have more than than fumes left? Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, Neil's even not last year, but the year before still scored 19 goals. I mean, he had only five last year, but didn't play a ton of games for a leak. I, I, I'm just not sure there. Bozak having him back really brings you one of your top power play guys. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're not going to have Sunquist at the, at the start of the year, but, uh, uh you know, maybe it's worth a look. To, to, to help the uh, to help the power play certainly given the maybe some of these younger guys not just Sanford but maybe guys like Costin uh, uh, and Joshua who are you know hoping to, to 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 push for a roster spot certainly gives them something to think about. I just don't see how either of these guys are going to fit. I mean, I think if you've got you know these 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 are two guys that don't have a lot of years left. They may not have any years left, and moving out a younger guy to, to fit them in, it just seems like it isn't a net gain on the play. If you thought maybe you were one guy away, I don't know if either of these guys are the one guy 
away. I think it gives them more competition um, in camp. I think, you know, if you start seeing a bunch of injuries, if you look back on the history of blues and PTOs, um, you know, that's where they've used guys is where Scotty Upshall famously came back the two straight PTOs for him. But I just don't see where they fit uh, other than saving you money by being low cost players. But I don't know that there's a big net gain from either of these guys. Well, you say that, Tom, but in JT, I think the, uh, you know, the, the loss of uh, Jacob De La Rose on the PK <laughs> once, once or twice a month, I think Phil Leak once or twice a month could, could play on the PK. If you're looking for a guy to play once or twice a month on the PK, and you need a guy to do that for the minimum, JT, you got your guy. And that's pretty much what he did. And I think he had like eight games and, in, in Montreal last year and was on eight. the taxi squad most of the time. And then a couple eight, of games eight stinking long. games. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, uh, but you know what, that's about the pace that our, our guy, uh, De La Rose played. How will history remember Jeff Gordon, the Jacob De La Rose era? Not too many goals, uh, Tom. I mean, he was, he was <laughs> the guy too. You know, he, he was, he was, he was a fine guy from the little we ever bothered to talk to him. Um, but uh, he was not the guy that people congregated to. But part of the great Swedish exodus uh, on the Blues, just not, not nearly as many Swedes. To Tom Chagrin. I think if Tom were not a U.S. citizen, I think he would be <laughs> Swedish. Maybe <laughs> if there's reincarnation, he was a Swede in the past life. Am I wrong <laughs> or right there, Tom? Well, <laughs> Canadian would be my first choice just for the anthem. But um, but then yeah, Swedish would Swedish would be a good place. They 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 do things well there. Yeah, it's too darn cold though. Would be my complaint. Yeah, just to, to touch on Sanford again because uh, we got to we got to get after somebody. We can't dog Thomas <laughs> today because he got his contract. So we'll get on on Zach. You know, you're you're looking JT and and Tom. You're gonna be looking at you know storylines in camp and. Yeah, I think this is this is it for for me. This is Zach's year. It is or it isn't. Either he he makes it this year or he takes that step or he starts bouncing around, you know, as a, as a big guy, the teams will take a look at because he's, he's got some ability. He can play, but can he be, make a difference or is he just going to be a guy that plays JT? I'm getting the lighter fluid. I'm putting it on his hair and I'm lighting it on fire. That's the guy needs to play with his hair on fire. Is he not capable of it? Is it not in his constitution? I don't know, but yeah, you're right. And uh, I, 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 I gotta say, I kind of reached the stage last year where I kind of seen enough, you know, and, uh, but they brought him back, you know, he, he does flash even in what we thought was a bad year. What do you, did he end up with 12 goals? Didn't he have, you know, double figures. So, uh, but yeah, he needs to get going. And with uh, other players gone, there's no doubt that uh, Zach Sanford is, he's, he's gone to the top of the list of blues fans. Number one, uh, Whooping boy, there's there's no doubt about that. I am more than willing to admit I'm wrong if he comes out and plays. It certainly won't be the first time, but uh, definitely uh, definitely uh, needs to show something this year. I think we're looking at Zach Sanford. I, I think he's he's going to be a third or a fourth line guy, and it might be that the fourth line is the place for Zach Sanford. That the goal scoring while there is not what he's going to earn a living doing that he's a really good defensive forward. He'll kill penalties. He'll, you know, play against another team's top line. But, you know, expecting offense out of him would be just the wrong image to have of Zach Sanford, I think. Well, there is a living to be made, Matt, for sure. And if that's if that's how he can define himself, then, um, then maybe there is a place beyond this year because we had all 
we all had Sanford on the, and uh, in, in, in Vince Dunn on that uh, here uh, expansion list, uh, take these guys. I think Vince was obviously a great grab for, for both a great move for him and, and, and for the, uh, the Kraken, because I think he's going to have a heck of a year. And, you know, I mean, poor Zach, by the end of the year, it's like, boy, he just sort of, yeah. just sort of slowly faded out of the picture. Uh, and uh, it was just, like I say, it's just weird. And I, I hope there's a sense of renewal there because uh, this is a guy who scores a big goal in game seven of a cup final. He's a guy that, uh, yeah. um, you know, just a lot. He's a, he's a really good guy. He's been a good teammate. He's been in the organization a long time. And, and, and he's just uh, that occasional three goal out before goal out person. And right. it's like weeks of like, yeah. Yeah. Some good hands. And, and uh, every now and then he'll actually get in front of the net and uh, which was a scarce commodity for the blues and deflect one in, uh, but you could just tell by the end of the season, I mean, his confidence was just nowhere and confidence is, seems to be, especially for the younger players, but really for, for all hockey players, maybe it's true for all professional athletes. I don't know. It's just such an important factor and his, his confidence just looked, uh, looked shot last year. So he needs, he needs a, uh, like you said, a, a sense of renewal this year and, and maybe a quick start will help him. You know, I was thinking back, this is not pertinent to any of this, but in that four-goal game Zach Sanford had against Vegas, that game went to overtime. He did not get on the ice in overtime. That just says something about whether the coaches, brains or whatever, but the man had scored four goals in a game. It went to overtime. He did not get on the ice in a three-on-three situation. So. Now, moving on to the defensive court. So I, I like the set of off. I, I like the forward combinations. There's a, there's myriad op- opportunity, myriad options for the coach. The Chiefs got all sorts of things to choose from. Multi-positional uh, guys. Getting Bozak back is helpful. He's got a couple older guys coming in to help in the preseason games. <clears throat> He's got his young guys under contract. Um, he can mix and match a lot of guys. I think there's reason for excitement with Saad coming in and Buchnevich. So I think that's all going to be just a, a natural process of sorting. But then I look at the blue line, and you know Doug Armstrong at one point, you know, termed the uh, defensive core last year as patchwork. And really all they've done is subtract Vince Dunn, who's a bit redundant with the puck moving. And right now that's where we, where they are. And I, I still get the sense that it's, it's, it's not the, it's, it's not the ideal mix. And there, boy, there's just seems like a lot of work on that back end JT. For, for sure. And, and they need, they need to get a lot better in front of the net. Uh, keep keeping guys from, you know, all but, pitching the old tent stakes in, 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 in front of the net. So are they capable of that? I mean, they should be, but uh, that was, that was the one thing that was the most noticeable about the group. The, the blues uh, decor used to be a lot harder in, in front of the net. So in theory, let's assume for uh, uh back is, is, is okay. Now that the top four is at least solid Uh your, your top seven, I mean, not, you know, it looks like Mikola and Wallman showed enough that they'll, they'll get a chance with Bortuzzo. And uh, after that, though, I mean, you, you, the depth drops off. Uh, you, you got a uh, – Perunovic was outstanding uh, up in, uh, in Traverse City. But, uh, boy, if they have some injuries there, anything like last year, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. It is a leap of faith for the Blues defensemen this year in which they, when you really don't add anyone and say, okay, we had trouble with this last year and we're going to hope that everyone is better. It, it almost in some ways seems like a, like a Cardinals approach. Everyone's just going to be better. 
uh, this year. Um, but Mikola should be better. Wallman should be better. Um, Pareko, plenty of reasons to think he'll be better. Um, you know, Falk got better last year. Krug started to get better. Um, Scandella didn't do as well last year. There is improvement potential for all of these guys. But, you know, when you say, and we're betting on six or seven guys all playing better, um, you know, that's tough. Though, you know, also expecting one person to come in and drastically change the situation may also be uh, something. I think they need to think, I mean, it's, it's going to be a collective effort on everyone getting better. And it's going to help the defense. The forwards are going to have to help the defensemen too on making them look better. Yeah, let's start with uh, with Marco Scandella. You know, when he originally came in on short notice, uh, you have that emergency. You need the guy to plug in, and I think he did quite well. He's never going to be Jay Bomeister, but he could come in and, and assume some some of that role. But I thought, you know, just got exposed, and a lot of it was just the fact that they just didn't have the defensive chemistry as a group and didn't have the the depth in the defensive core, and guys were put in positions, um, you know, with a struggling. Pareko and an absent Pareko and, and Krug adapting and Falk trying to assume a different role and Nico not quite being ready. I mean, there's just a lot going on last year. And unfortunately, um, instead when Marco came in, he came into a great situation that needed, he needed to plug a hole that was a pretty big one, but he was surrounded by, you know, success, successful group. But then it seems like when that's successful and there's no Petro and there's no healthy Pareko, well, you know, look at Marco really at times had a tough year last year. Well, especially l- later on in the season, I thought, you know, and uh, uh, he, he he's a guy obviously that will benefit from a healthy Pareko. And I think going in, they thought maybe Vince Dunn would graduate to that number four role and, and uh, take some of those minutes, especially situationally that, that never really happened. And uh, uh, you know, and, he at his best, he, 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 he's a solid guy, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what to, to expect from him, uh, this year. Hopefully he can start out like he did last year and just kind of maintain that. Yeah, the 2019, 20 season was the best of years for Marco Scandella. It was excellent timing for him. He had a, he had a good year. Uh, that year and his numbers had been heading down and he sent them back up. So he's got to recover that. He's, he's not, you know, he's, he's still, was he, is he 31 right now? Uh, so he's still at a point where he's not over the hill. Um, he, there's still, he can, he can hold this ground. He needs to get back to where he was not last year, but uh, the year before where he was good, both on offense and defense in the uh, 1920 season. Uh, here on uh, the net front, I think we were did a pretty good job last year of trying to uh, pump the uh, Nico Mania movement. But boy, at the end of the day, when you look at some of the analytics and you look at where he is on those uh, the graphs and some of the uh, it's, uh, some of the other uh, measurables, it's uh, it wasn't a really pretty picture for the amount of time he did play. I mean, he he looks the part. He's got some physical ability. He's got some experience now. He's been exposed to the NHL, but. I guess it just comes down. He's got to be way better on the puck, stronger on the puck. And, and to your point earlier, JT, around the net, man, he's got, he's got the little, you know, he's got the makeup, physical makeup to, to be a, to be helpful in that area. But boy, now it's time. If there ever was a time for Nico mania to really take hold, it's this year with this team, they need him to take a step. Well, you, you see the long reach and he can be effective there. 
he's got a little bit of, you know, an edge to his game, a little sandpaper to his game. And, 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 and you'll like that, but he, hopefully he spent a lot of time in the weight room. He need, he needs to get stronger. And in terms of the exits with the puck, that was kind of the, 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 the main thing. Sometimes it seemed like he was rushed that wasn't sure what to do. And, uh, was that partly because of inexperience or partly because of maybe that's who he is. Some players don't see the ice as well as others, but, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the potential's there, but if he just, uh, works on, uh, even, uh, even getting stronger, that'll help. And you see a guy like Santini, he got rid of the puck quickly. He didn't, he didn't worry about skating, fancy exits. Maybe Mikola needs a little bit more of that approach. Just get it out of my hands as quickly as possible. And Nico Mikola is the Blues defenseman out of central casting. I mean, with you, you're going to draw a picture of what you think a Blues defenseman should look like. It's going to be Nico Mikola. He's got to live up to that. It, offensively, he's he just didn't couldn't get anything done last year. You know, defensively, he he I think he held his own, but uh, offensively, he's it's you know nothing coming out of him last year. So he's got to get better at that. But a uh, defense is where everything is going to begin with this team, as we have often discussed. So let's move on to Tory Krug. You know, a lot of fans got got down on Tory because it's tough. You're replacing Petro. You're you're trying to adapt to a new team. You don't really get a chance to do all the things that you normally would coming into a new city and a new team to get acclimated because there's a pandemic. You just have to kind of jump in and and, and try to make your way. By the latter half of the year, I think Blues fans started seeing Tory Krug be Tory Krug, but he is an offensive player. So for for me this year maximize his offense, have him concentrate on, you know, power play, offensive zone starts, keeping the puck in the offensive zone. And, and what you get out of him defensively, I mean, he's a competitive player, but for this to work, he's just got to have a big offensive year because trying to make, there, there, there's going to be a limit to what he can do, you know, at the other end. So he, he's just got to be, for this contract to pay off JT, I think he's got to, They've got to make the power play work with him, and they've got to make uh, the offensive zone starts work for him, and they've got to, he's got to pile up 60 points. Yeah, and, and, and I think the thing is uh, there's a hope that he'll have a Falk-like second season. I, I don't know if it's uh, it's a, a reasonable. It, it may be logical to think that would happen. It, it, it may not happen, but uh, uh, he was really good on the power play the, the last stretch of the season. Then he got hurt for a bit, but, but then he then, – then he, he came back and, and, and did some more uh, uh, good things. What you'd like to see, even with smaller players, just by positioning and leverage, you can be effective. And I, I, I this is defensively, and I, I, I think he needs to somehow work on that. And they need to, they need to stress that uh, uh, coaching-wise. But uh, yeah, you're right. The uh, the uh, uh, offense is what'll carry the day with him, whether having him as a successful or not. Yeah, he better be good on offense because defense isn't going to be there. Though, as I often argue in the chat, I mean, you don't have to be big to be a good defender. You know, Jared Spurgeon, excellent defenseman, not tall. And so it does. it's not that you have to be 6'4 with arms that, you know, can touch both boards at the same time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was not a good defensive season uh, for Krug last year. Um, offensively was, was pretty good, but, uh, defensively wasn't there. I wonder last year if, you know, if, if people talk, thought of him as being Petrangelo's replacement, or if, you know, if, if the way the year worked, if it just didn't have that feel, I didn't, 
I didn't sense that people were like, Tori Krug is no Alex Petrangelo. And maybe just because going in, they thought Tori Krug is no Alex Petrangelo. So it was kind of stopped before it started. But um, it, it might have been as, much, as difficult as the adjustment was in some ways. I don't know that there was the anticipation last year for Tori Krug um, that there might have been in other years. It wasn't like an Eric Brewer situation. Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, poor Eric. And, and it does go back to the point of how last year, one of the reasons last year went awry was, while, you know, losing Petro was unfortunate, uh, replacing him with a different type of player, to Tom's point, created a different type of defensive core. And combined with, you know, injuries and, and the difficulties of getting uh, the time in to try to, to mold things, it just, it was not a good fitting unit. And I, and I question whether it's, you know, that it's still the issue. And I question whether JT, Doug's, you know, we've talked about this again and again on the net front. I think he, I think he's got to do something with this defensive core. I think he's got to make a change. Now that the post, the post or the off season did not offer any opportunities. Alec Martinez stayed where he was. He loves it in Vegas. Um, the Kraken went out and got a couple of defensemen. This team could have certainly used uh, maybe three of them on their blue line guys that this team could have used to, to, uh, to, to make a difference. And uh, I still look at it as, as, you know, work, work needs to be done on the roster. I, I just, I'm, I'm not convinced. And Perunovic great, but he's another Tory Krug. Well, I argued in my column today, you need two Parecos, not two Krugs. And I don't, I wonder if the pieces are still ill fitting. Yeah, no. And, and, and the blues did uh, until the playoffs, but down the stretch, they did play better defensively, but uh, yeah, I think it's Tom alluded to earlier, just to think that take the approach while maybe six out of seven of these guys are going to improve it. It just, it just doesn't happen this way, that way. Plus, as I pointed out, if they have injuries, if they lose two or three of these guys at a time, you know, I, I, they could really uh, be hurting because it's, it's just not there in the, uh, in the AHL. Tyler Tucker is kind of a limited skater. He sure has plays with a nasty edge, but he he's he, he's not ready. Uh, Perunovic uh, again is, is an offensive guy, and uh, Springfield had to sign some uh, uh, just like I guess street free agents, sign guys AHL contracts just to fill out their roster of. Uh, 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 of defensemen. Now the blues have some other young guys in the system that are a couple years away, but uh, that weren't in Traverse city, like Leo Luf's already playing in Finland in a pro league and, uh, and at Kessel uh, who had a real good year for UMass uh, that, that won the na national title in hockey. He's, he's playing in, in college. So, so he wasn't there, but uh, yeah, there, 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 there are like warning signs on in all different areas in terms of, uh, of, uh, of of the defense and 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 what they might have and you talk about allocating your resources and Doug Armstrong chose to to with the the limited amount of money he had available he chose to get a couple of uh of pretty good forwards in Butchnevich and uh and and and, and Saad and 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 not to, to to get the defense and I I I agree with you Jeff I think that's a little bit of a roll of the dice there. Now, we've talked about this before, but you know this year. You know, Mikola and Wallman both have to clear waivers. So if you can't hide them in the minors anymore, so if they are going to take a step, it's, you know, those two guys, um, you know, one of them could end up being, would be expendable 
uh, in this situation, unless you were able to trade Scandella or Bortuzzo, I don't know that you're going to get a defenseman that much better than those two guys in a trade. That's not going to, that's not going to happen. So you maybe have a chance if you trade a young guy for an older guy. So uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, if someone's going to have to go and, um, you know, it's Wallman or Mikula are going to be the guys because, um, you know, you're not going to send Bortuzzo down to the minors. So that it's going to be a, a tricky thing to finesse this at this point. If, uh, if they try to make a trade for a defenseman at this point. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw this name out here too. And as one that was mentioned to me up in Traverse city, uh, a guy that the, the blue signed Callie Rosen, a defenseman, their scouts like him. He's a guy that's played some, some NHL games, maybe a guy to, take a look at in, 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 in camp. But again, you would be talking a third line guy. Let's just say, wow, this guy's pretty good. You're talking a third line guy. You're not, you're not talking a, a, a top four guy. And I, I think you can make a case and I'm sure that's what you're getting at. You need another top four defenseman on, on this team, right. To really be considered a, a contender. And that's uh, so Doug, will have to keep the, uh, the cell phone on as he deals with the, uh, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko still on the team. Uh, guys uh, on that front, I guess we'll, uh, you know, happy Vlad back to work. I guess the, we'll see uh, when, uh, when the um, teams get hit the ice. JT, your expectation, uh, a beaming, energized uh, 91, uh, leading drills, yucking it up with teammates, uh, giving, uh, you know, exchanging stick taps with the chief. Uh, what, what do you expect uh, when, from, uh, from Vlad when uh, our heroes hit the ice? He's got a lot of Russians around him now too. The the Blues have like six Russians in their camp. He had like a little barbecue at his place for the guys, and and he did the cooking. I mean, Kostin was there, Alexandrov, Buchnevich, uh, Barbashev, uh, whom I'm uh, I'm missing out on. Oh, Torpchenko. So he's happy with the Russians, but we all know how quickly that can change. A couple of weeks, maybe on the second power play unit, or or uh, yeah, you know, if he's he's getting uh, third line minutes instead of second line minutes. Uh, uh, we, we could see Pouty Vladdy at uh, any minute. So I'll, I'll kind of believe it when I see it. I think, I think we'll see him put on a good face, but yeah, the true test will come when um, minutes start being doled out. And, and there's a question of how, I mean, how they're going to use them remains one of the big questions I think in this camp is, is he, you know, does he top line guy, second line guy or third line guy? Cause they've got forwards. And if not, who's, you know, how does that all play out? Uh, that'll be interesting to see. And yeah, how does, how does he handle it? You know, there will be, he will put on a good face, but uh, we'll have to see how long that lasts. Okay. Last thing on the net front, uh, looking around the league and the division in particular, guys, I, I look at this, I'm starting to work on our uh, capsules for the, uh, our preview edition of the, uh, uh, for the, uh, the post dispatch and man, this division is going to be good. And Kirill, the thrill gets his deal done in Minnesota I think they're like the uh, seventh best team or sixth best, probably sixth best team in the division. Nashville being seven, really only Arizona is awful. The other, I think the other seven teams all have a chance with the, uh, the rebuilt uh, Blackhawks guys. I, I look at this division, man, I'm thinking these division games, they're going to be something. The Hawks are going to be back. Um, and, you know, I think Dallas will be much, much better with Tyler Sagan back. I, I'm, I'm excited for the real games, but I think blues fans ought to be a little bit apprehensive. Uh, it's not a uh, it's not a given that this is going to be a playoff team. That's for sure. You've got one. I still think Colorado had some depth losses. 
but I still think you've got one super team in the division. Darcy Kemper is pretty good, at least as a regular season goalie. And, and so I don't see much of a drop off uh, uh, there, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. There, there, there's going to be a lot of competition and I keep going back to the stat that just is like pounded in my head. This is a blues team, one game under 500 since they entered the Edmonton bubble. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think um, any, any team in this division that has the level of injuries that the blues had last season is going to be in trouble. If the blues have injuries like they did last year, not going to be good because there's so much competition, but any team in this division, that's going to be one of the, I think the key separating points is whoever had, whoever gets hurt the most is going to pay the price for it. And that's going to cost them. There are some years you can slip by with getting injuries, but do enough and get into the playoffs. I don't think that'll be the case this year in the central division. And after we all that we ran down the defensive core, imagine if two or three guys get dinged on the decor blocking shots or whatever, you know, cause they like to sit back in their little pack and just absorb, you know, absorb shots with their, their pedal to kill. God forbid they go out and chase people and try to pressure the puck. No, they're going to, they're going to get in a small huddle in front of the goal and just hope that nobody gets killed by the incoming fire that became their penalty killing scheme for last year. And what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> ah. But Hey, that's a topic for another day. You, I, I don't want to get, I'm starting to get volatile about that. So uh, we'll wrap up this edition of the Netfront Presence. We appreciate Jim Thomas and Tom coming on board on short notice. A reminder for our readers, there's a lot of stuff coming in the post-dispatch on stltoday.com with camp coverage, a big preview edition uh, coming in ahead of the regular season that we're working on. So uh, stay tuned for the Netfront. Check out the website. Get the newspaper. Uh, until next time, for Tom and JT, see ya. <laughs>